Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Well, good morning, saints of God. Good morning, Mount Calvary Nation and friends. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. We get to rejoice. We choose to rejoice and be glad in it. We are grateful that God has kept us through another week and has allowed us to see the start of a new week. He has provided for every single need in our lives. He has protected us. He has been good to us. And so it's our good pleasure just to come together virtually to tell the Lord thank you, to worship him in spirit and in truth. Our, our call to worship this morning will come from Psalm 63. Starting at verse 1, it says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus I will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with morrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Psalm 63, verses 1 through 5. Right where you are, right in your home, in your car, watching on your phone, on your laptop, on your computer, on your tablet, right where you are, would you give God some kind of praise? We don't all have to praise him the same way, but everything breathe him ought to tell him thank you. Clap your hands, wave your hands, lift your voice. Do something to praise our worthy God. Let's pray. Father, we give you praise today. We honor your name. We thank you right now. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are worthy. You are matchless. There is nobody like you, Lord. Hallelujah to your name. Thank you, Lord, for last night's lying down and for this morning's early rising. Thank you. Thank you for providing for every single need in our lives. Thank you for being good to us. Thank you most of all for saving us. Thank you for filling us with the precious Holy Ghost. Now, Father, as we come together virtually today, help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Although the majority of us are not here in the sanctuary, we thank you because we are the sanctuary and we will praise you in the sanctuary that we are. Thank you, Lord. You have your way today in Jesus' name and just for your glory alone. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to Elect Lady Day here in the Mount Calvary Nation. We are celebrating my wife, our elect lady of this illustrious congregation, Lady Chanel Winston. What a privilege it is that we have been given such a gift from God. We're grateful 
for the elect lady who is watching now. And uh, I promise we will try we will try not to make it too uncomfortable for you, uh, dear lady. But, um, you know, just sit there and take it. We love you and we're grateful for you. That's all. That's all. The praise and worship team is about to come with, uh, with praise and worship. And then there are a couple of video presentations. And we'll be back as we continue in worship today. God bless you.
your place as king. You rule in super rule. You reign in super reign. In that, for that, you are worthy to be praised. You're a good God. You're a faithful God. You're an awesome God. And we give your name all the glory, all of the honor, all of the praise, because you're worthy to be worshipped and adored. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, you're the same God. Hallelujah. Arise, O oh God. Sixty-five days of the year. You can't be Jesus. Uh. 
just enough for me to glorify you. That's just enough. Just enough. You've done just enough. If you don't do nothing else, you've done just enough. If you don't do another thing, I gotta thank you. You rose for me. The blood of Jesus that saved me, that cleansed me, that purified, that healed me. Says still works, say still good. He's still good. He's still good. He's still good. Tragedies are coming to place. People are dying.
the part you inherited from me is to respond with honesty, straight, no chasing. You were a pleasure to raise because of your open honesty and your obedience. Your commitment, dedication has resulted in success in your every endeavor, from being a loyal friend to becoming a loyal, dependable wife, mother, and elect lady. Thank you, Chanel, for making your mother and myself so very proud of you and you making us look good as parents. We love you, Chanel. Happy birthday. I can't begin to tell you how proud I am of you and to be able to call you my baby sister. Enjoy every moment of your day because you deserve it. Love you. Bye-bye. that cries out in the silence searching for a heart that will love him longing for a child that will give him their all give it all he wants it all and there's a God that walks over the earth searching for a heart that is desperate Longing for a child that will give him their all Give it all, he wants it all He says, love me Love me with your whole heart He wants it all today Serve me Serve me with your life now He wants it all today Bow down let go of your idols He wants it all today He wants it all today He wants it all today He wants it all There's a God who walks over the earth Searching for a heart that is desperate Longing for a child that will give him their all Give it all He wants it all he says, love me, love me with your whole heart. He wants it all today. Serve me, serve me with your life now. He wants it all today. Bow down, let go of your idols. He wants it all today. He wants it all today. You want it all, all of you, more of you. You want it all today. Oh, 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 all of you, more of you. Want it all today. Oh, 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 all of you, more of you. Want it all today, today. Today He wants it all today He wants it all today He wants it all And there's a voice that cries out in the silence
searching for a heart that will love him longing for a child that will give him their all give it all he wants it all He wants it all today. Thank you, Nate. Certainly we give God all the praise, all the honor, all the glory for allowing us to be here virtually and celebrating our elect lady. Each year we honor her and we moved the celebration closer to her birthday, which has actually already passed. But with everything going on this year, uh, we're a couple of weeks behind. But happy birthday belated from the Mount Calvary family. There is a scripture, a passage of scripture I want to go to. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 31. The last verse of verse 31 leading into chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 31. This is from the New International Version of the Holy Scriptures, and here's how it reads. Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Verses 31 of chapter 12 through uh, 8a of chapter 13. At the tender age of 21, my wife, Chanel, took on with me the enormous responsibility and weight of being the pastor's wife of this congregation. When my father and pastor passed the mantle of pastoral leadership on to me that fourth Sunday in September of 2004, 
he called my wife up with me. Because indeed, when someone is called to pastor, it is not a solo leadership experience. And this 21-year-old, newly married, newly pregnant woman of God accepted the challenge and has continued since that day to provide leadership and nurturing, mentorship and wisdom, guidance, prayer, and correction when necessary within the Mount Calvary family and beyond. And we are just grateful. Yes, we celebrate her because she is married to the pastor, but don't get it wrong, that's not the extent of her worth. More than that, we celebrate Lady C for her untiring commitment to the people of God, to the things of God, and to the glory of God. We celebrate her determination. We celebrate her earning a bachelor's degree in organizational management and a master's degree in education, all while raising her family, taking care of her household, and loving and caring for the flock of God and supporting her husband. We celebrate her for honoring her parents, for submitting to her husband, for leading in ministry, for acknowledging the overlooked, for defending the underdog, and for loving the unloved. As a matter of fact, when I consider who my wife is as a person, I am drawn to Paul's first letter to the Corinthian church, this church that Paul started, located in a busy, immoral city, a city with at least 12 temples in it, a city characterized, as a matter of fact, by its immorality. Uh, in the temple of Aphrodite, at one time, there were about a thousand temple prostitutes, also called priestesses, who fostered sexual immorality as an act of religion. It was in this messed up town that we find this church with its own issues. Clearly the church of Corinth is, uh, it operates in all the gifts of the spirit, but while they're gifted, they are spiritually immature and downright unspiritual. And so Paul writes back to them to address issues of division in the church, <coughs> issues of carnality in the church, issues of sexual immorality in the church, believers taking other believers to court, marriage separation and divorce, even misuse of the communion rind. They're coming together for communion and getting drunk off the communion wine. So by the time we get to chapter 12, Paul breaks it down. He says, listen, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts, these gifts that the Lord gives through his spirit for his glory for everyone in the body to profit. He says, listen, God is the one who presents the gifts and their gifts. That word gifts is charisma, uh, from the word charis, meaning grace, favor, not based on merit. You can't earn these gifts you don't deserve these gifts it's not a payment it's a gift 
Y'all know what the Bible says. Every good and perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. There are diversities of gifts, right? We don't all have the same gifts. There are differences. There are distinctions. There are different distributions to different persons. But it's God who presents the gifts. And it's also God who presides over the gifts. He's the one who makes the decisions about the administration of the gifts. We can't all serve in the same capacity. We're not all meant to. But it's the same Lord who appoints them all. God presents the gifts. He presides over the gifts. And he produces the results of the gifts. Paul says in verse 6, there are diversities of operations. That is, the effects of the gifts. God gets to choose. To one is given the spirit, by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Listen, Paul is just trying to clarify here because the Corinthian church, and if truth be told, sometimes, just like the Corinthian church, so do we. We get so excited about the gifts. We are fascinated by the charisma that we forget what's more important. So by the time we get to the end of chapter 12, Paul says, yet I show unto you a more excellent way. That's how the King James puts it. And saints, I've got to tell you, I believe it's appropriate that on this elect ladies day because uh, that's exactly what lady sees life and ministry exudes a more excellent way and that's what I want to preach about for a little while today a more excellent way so Paul goes on in chapter 13 to explain this more excellent way He says, if I speak in human tongues or angelic ones, if I don't have love, I'll just always be talking, but never really saying anything. I'll be like sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. Though I prophesy and have a word of knowledge, even if I have the kind of faith that will move mountains, if I don't have love, I'm nothing. Even if I'm generous, giving all my food to the poor, even giving my body to be burned. If I don't have love, it's just a show. Paul here is warning against being so impressed with the gifts that we miss the whole point of this thing and the point of this whole walk, the point of the whole Bible, the point of all this is love. What sense does it make that I speak in tongues all the time but can't speak to my brother or sister in Christ because of something they did to me 10 years ago or 10 minutes ago? We need a more excellent way. What sense does it make coming to church uttering some unknown tongue and with that same tongue you cut somebody up this week? 
We need a more excellent way. Don't try to prophesy over me and give me a word from the Lord or a specific word of knowledge about my situation. But when you're not prophesying to me, you ignore my existence. We need a more excellent way. Or with that same mouth that you're prophesying out of, you were just talking about me. We need a more excellent way. Paul says, even if I do all the spiritual stuff without love, something is missing. So in this passage, the Apostle Paul clarifies this often inconvenient and many times elusive concept of love. Let me be quick to point out that Paul is not writing about how love feels because the kind of love that he is describing here is more than a feeling. I say it all the time, feelings come and go. That's one of the reasons why the divorce rate is so high because you can feel in love one minute and out of love the next. Feelings are most often based on circumstance. Feelings take their direction from what's going on around you. The feeling of love will have you burning with passion right now and burning with contempt in a few hours. Feelings will let you treat me right today and do me wrong tomorrow. Paul is not describing what love feels like because this love is not a feeling, it's a commitment, it's a decision to sacrifice for someone else. It's not convenient, it's not fickle, it's not sometimey, it's a commitment. So many of us use the term so loosely because we don't fully understand the agape kind of love so we, don't, so we don't know how to give it, we don't know how to receive it, we don't know what to look for in it. But in this passage of scripture, Paul helps us out with this more excellent way. He illuminates, first of all, he illuminates the disposition of love. The disposition of love. Of love, What kind of disposition does love have? Here's what he says. Love is patient and kind. Patient. That word patient means patient in bearing offenses and injuries from others. Mild and slow in avenging. Slow to anger. Slow to punish. You know what the Bible says in James 1.19. Let every man be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Patient, it means long-suffering. Kind, and listen, I've said this before, in the Greek, kind means kind. In the English, it means kind. In tongues, it means kind. In the King James Version, it says kind. New Living Translation, kind. New International Version, kind. Uh, English Standard Version, kind. Christian Standard Bible, kind. New American Standard Bible, kind. Young's Literal Translation, kind. No matter how you put it, love displays itself kindly. Hear me when I tell you, please. There is no unkind love. Well, Pastor, I just tell it like it is. Well, even then, Paul says, speak the truth in love. Ephesians 4.32, he said, be kind to one another. 
That's the disposition of love. It's patient and it's kind. But not only does Paul give us the disposition, that is the attitude we should have, the character and the mindset, but then he also talks about number two, the delineation of love. That, that, that's just a big word that means there are some things that are out of the bounds of love. They're, they're just out of bounds with love. Paul draws a line of demarcation. There are some ways, in other words, that love never behaves. First of all, love does not envy. New International Version says it's not jealous. It's not grieved by the good that happens to or for others. Love won't let me be jealous of the way that God is blessing you. Love won't let me be mad because God answered your prayer right away and I'm still waiting. Love won't let me resent you because your struggle doesn't look like my struggle or is not as public as mine. Love won't let me think bad of you because you got what, you, what I wish I could have. Love does not envy. Love doesn't brag. It doesn't boast. King James says it vaunteth not itself. It won't let me try to make myself feel bigger by trying to make you feel smaller. Love is not arrogant. It won't let me think more highly of myself than I ought to. It is not puffed up. Love is what keeps us from getting the big head. Love won't let us take credit that belongs to another. Love does not dishonor others. God have mercy. <clears throat> the King James says it does not behave itself unseemly. In other words, it does not behave rudely. In other words, it respects you as a human being that God created just because God created you, period. Won't lo Listen, love won't let me dog you out because you're not a dog. You are one of God's greatest creations. Even if you annoy me, even if you mistreat me, you are still a unique one-of-a-kind creation from the master and I will not be rude to you even if you're different from me even if you're different than I am I will not use a derogatory term to describe you God help us love never seeks its own it is not self-seeking it does not demand to have its way Love won't let me pitch a fit when I don't get my way. Love won't let me switch churches just because they didn't do it my way. Love won't let me stop talking to you just because I didn't get my way. Love won't let me withhold affection from my wife just because she didn't cook dinner. Love won't let me tell him to sleep on the couch just because he said no. We can't go into debt so you can get that new purse. Love is not easily angered it is not easily provoked it doesn't have a short f I'm just talking about love I don't write this stuff I just report it love doesn't think evil it keeps no record of wrongs it is not storing up all the wrong you've done to me so I can later use it against you it doesn't bring up every single thing that I've ever done every time we get in a disagreement love won't let me keep an account of how you mistreated me love won't let me keep a file on you Love does not delight in evil. 
but rejoices in the truth. New Living Translation says it like this. I like it. It says, does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins. Paul illuminates the disposition of love. That's number one. He points out the delineation of love. That's number two. But then finally, he indicates what love always does. That is number three, the devotion of love. There are some things that love always does love always protects sheesh King James Version says bears all things that, that word literally means to cover to protect to preserve like a thatched roof to cover with silence in other words to bear something for someone else's protection love always protects Love always trusts, believes all things, always willing to believe the best about you. Even when you do something stupid, there's got to be a good reason. Love always hopes. Love is always looking for the better, always hoping for the better. Y'all see why I had to preach this when I started reading it. My wife immediately came to mind. This is the more excellent way. Love always perseveres. NASB says it endures. That word simply means to remain. Love won't let me run out on you. Love won't let me give, won't, won't let me give up on you. Love won't let me throw in the towel on you. Love won't let me quit. Let me just tell you today, if you have been hoodwinked by this world's definition of love, a love that is pretty, a love that is romantic, a love that's fun and exciting, a love that's sweet, a love that's fleeting. You see, the world's love is hot, it's quick, it's easy, it's messy, but I got to tell you, it's a lie and it will fail. But there is a love that reaches beyond the heavens. There is a love that is deeper than the ocean. There is a love that will wash away every guilty stain. It's so rich and so pure that our hearts cannot contain it. There is a love that is patient and kind. Even when I was in my sin, on my way to a burning hell and enjoying the ride, the Lord patiently sought me. He patiently wooed me my daddy used to say it like this he sought me long before I heard before my sinful heart was stirred but when I took him at his word he forgave me and lifted me the songwriter wrote from sinking sand he lifted me with tender hand he lifted me from shades of night to plains of light oh praise his name he lifted me can I tell you something I know love because I know Jesus here's what the Bible says for God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son to die on my behalf I know love because I know Jesus I know a love that keeps no record of my wrongs I know a love that covers me that protects me I know a love that preserves me I know a love that never fails never gives up and never runs out on me as a matter of fact I was sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore very deeply stained within sinking to rise no more but the master of the sea heard my despairing cry and from the waters he lifted me now save am I love lifted me love lifted me when nothing else could help love lifted me love lifted me when nothing nobody else could help love lifted me love drew me in love picked me up love turned me around love cleaned me up love cleaned me up love love lifted me listen there is a more excellent way and my prayer is that we as a church family we as the Mount Calvary family would follow the elect ladies example listen I'm not telling you what I hope or what I dream I, I'm telling you what I know I have seen her love people who won't love her back I've seen her do for people who will never do back I've seen her love the unlovable I've seen her defend the indefensible but it's the love inside that makes the difference what good is it if we speak in tongues and we prophesy and we have a word of knowledge and we get real spiritual looking and don't have love God have mercy on us that's I, I, listen I ain't trying to bother nobody but that's what we went through in the 80s the 90s the early 2000s y'all know it you, you, you were there you saw it on TBN and you saw it in all of our churches we exalted the gifts oh we got real excited when somebody had a word of knowledge we got real excited when somebody started speaking in tongues we got real excited when somebody got prophesied to we got real excited when we saw all the charisma gifts in action but then wouldn't speak to each other judging each other ignoring each other talking about each other it's all sounding brass and tinkling cymbals 
if we don't have a more excellent way. Some, some people accuse me of not believing in the sign gifts, the charisma gifts. Listen, I believe in all that. I believe I, God still works. There is nothing biblical that says any of those gifts have been taken away. I'm sorry, there's not. All of those gifts are still in operation. But Paul said, I want to show you something more excellent than those sign gifts. What is the point of the sign gifts if we don't have love? Guess what? It's not by the gifts that people will know we belong to him. The Bible says it's by the love we have one for another. I don't write this stuff. I just report it. That's what the Bible says, and that's what I believe. May God move us beyond being impressed with the spectacular. May he move us to walking in that miraculous gift, that useful fruit of love. Right where you are, let the church Say amen. Amen. Listen, the only way we can love, the only reason we love, is because he loved us first. And I already told you what the Bible says. God loved the world. That's everybody. Everybody. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus Christ, that whosoever, that's anybody, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, he didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world through him might be saved. That, brothers and sisters, is good news. And if you're watching right now and you're not sure you're saved, you're not sure where you're going to spend eternity, you're not sure that you're going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ, you can be saved today. Here's what the Bible says. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says you shall be saved. If you're not sure, would you say it with me now? Jesus is Lord. He's in charge. He's running things. He is the Christ. He is the chosen one. You believe in your heart that even though he really died, God really got him up from the grave. He really rose and lives. The Bible says you'll be saved. And today, this day, is your rebirth day. Listen, if you made that confession today or you're ready to make that confession, send us a message, put it in the chat, something. Let us know that you want to be saved, that you made that confession today. Someone will reach out to you and we'll walk you through this process, walk you through getting started on this new road because you're a new creature in him. Praise the Lord. God bless you. There are just a few observations that I need to make First of all, I told you last week and was saddened to inform you that our beloved brother Curtis Dunson passed last week. His funeral is going to be tomorrow. Uh, it is at the House of Wheat, and because of the current pandemic, uh, the, the number of people in that chapel space is certainly limited. But you can come for a walkthrough viewing from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. tomorrow. And then on the Mount Calvary page, the funeral will be streamed 
uh, Mountain Media will be streaming, live streaming the funeral so you can watch it, you can be a part of it for a long time. Brother Curtis Dunson led our Mountain Media Ministries while we were over on 3rd Street. And you can catch it on the Facebook page tomorrow at 11 o'clock. I do also want to remind you about Lady C's card shower. I ask that we would shower her with cards, uh, just telling her how we feel about her. And many of you mailed them to the church or brought them to the church. It's not too late if you haven't. The deacons will be here for about another hour or so. You can bring it up and they will take care of it or you can still mail it to the church, 3375 West Siebenthaler Avenue or Pastor S.N. Winston Senior Way, Dayton, Ohio, 45406. If you want to give today, you want to give to tell God thank you, you're giving your tithe, your benevolence, that's our giving to help other uh, people who are in financial emergency or for the building fund, you can do it in several ways. If you have Givelify on your phone, you can use the Givelify app, tap give and you're done. You can also text to give. You can text the number 937-543-5169 and follow the instructions. Or you can give by cash app. The Mount Calvary cash app handle is dollar sign MT. C-A-L-M-B-C That's the cash app handle If you would rather give it to someone in person I told you the deacons are outside You can drive through and put it In their glove covered hands One last uh, One last announcement And we'll get ready to go Please don't forget To post your picture of yourself In your ugly Christmas sweater Next Sunday we have a new tradition where we normally take the Sunday before Christmas and don our um, most festive, if you want to call it, sweaters. Uh, we won't be together, but we still want to see yours. Uh, take a picture, take a selfie, or have somebody take the picture of you. Post it on Facebook. Uh, and the hashtag is MCUglySwag. So you're putting the... the the number sign, MC Ugly Swag. MC Ugly Swag, all right? Uh, at 12 noon, our children are going to be in their worship experience on their worship Zoom. You can go to the MC Kids Facebook page and get that Zoom information. I certainly thank Dr. Cookie and her team for leading in that effort. As many of you know, Dr. Cookie is uh, is preparing to have a new Dr. Cookie and Brother Chucky. They are preparing to have a new baby among them. We praise God for that, and uh, and she has informed me that when she uh, today will be her last her last Sunday as children's ministry director. She has done an awesome job over these past few years with our children. What an absolutely committed and faithful servant of God, Dr. Alicia Baker has been when it comes to our children. If you're friends with her on Facebook, shoot her a line, shoot her a message, just tell her thank you. Listen, saints, we will never know how many children have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ because she presented to them 
the clear and unadulterated gospel where they could understand it and receive it unto themselves. Thank you, Dr. Cookie, and God bless you and your family in whatever is next. God bless you. Our benediction today will come from Ephesians chapter 3. It won't be my normal one. It's Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 16. And here's what it says in the words of Paul. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever let all the saints agree together amen God bless you